For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Take the Black Live, the show where we cover all things related to Game of Thrones, Song of Ice and Fire, fantasy, sci-fi, all the good stuff. We, as you might tell, we are uh, not in our normal digs. Don't worry, they're still there. They are just being fixed up. I don't quite know why. It's like they're installing a new... Yeah, sprinkler system or something. So our, our safety is very important. So okay. that's why they've moved us here. Which Although I, we have this awesome backdrop. Yeah, it's, it's, really nice. it's really nice. Oh, it might start to like thunderstorm when this happens because it's thunderstorm in Chicago. That'd be a pretty cool, actually. Ooh, all right. Office. We'll just wait it out till... <laughs> no, no, no. I our old should... office was so not like this. So it's nice to be in a, yeah, a little bit of an elevated place. Big change. Hey everybody! To welcome who's 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 on Hi, tap? we've got Julie. Hey, hey, Julie. Hey, Julie. Some others will join us, I'm sure. Can't okay. wait. Christian, hello. Let's dive into things. Okay, so, um, you know, Game of Thrones fate runs over, but there's still plenty of so much news coming in. So the big thing I want to talk about today is George R. R. Martin is on a tour of the British Isles mm-hmm. and just giving. All the interviews. He, he doesn't normally talk a lot. Yeah. So this is like a torrent, and I'm not quite sure what to do with myself with it. Yeah. So the thing I love most about George R. R. Martin is this. Um, he obviously knows a lot of information people want to know. He knows things about his own books. He knows things about all the stuff HBO is working on. He's not supposed to say anything about this kind of stuff. Supposed to, right? But like, he's just, I guess he's just kind of at that age where he's just, he doesn't really seem to care and just like, kind of like, oh yeah, this is happening. Yeah. So he gave an interview at the Irish Film Institute like yesterday where he won an award. He talked to a site called Joe and he he gave away some pretty interesting stuff, I thought, about the upcoming Game of Thrones prequel series Mm. or as he will detail, prequels. A, he wants to see, he's, see a rough cut of the pilot in September, which could give us some indication of when it might come out. Yeah. You know, we're all thinking like 2020-ish. Um, he also talked about working with the showrunner for the prequel. So the prequel series, just I'm sure you all know, I'm sure you all know, <laughs> um, is set thousands of years before Game of Thrones right. in Westeros, when uh, before Targaryens are there, no dragons, none of that. Everyone's just like thousands of different kingdoms fighting each other. Yeah. No, Stark's are still around, Lannisters aren't around, no Targaryens, none of that. They're very, very different. Um, he said that we met in Santa Fe, that he and showrunner Jane Golden on the new show, on a couple of occasions in L.A. We've had long discussions about the show before she went off to make it, but she's only had a few little signposts for this show along the way. She's really bringing a lot to the table. He said it's the show show is like based on eight lines of his books, basically. Wow, so it, that's all she's got to work with. Yeah, it, I mean, which it means it's going to be her. Like, yeah. it's just, it's not like, this isn't like Game of Thrones, where it's, here are books. 
<laughs> that you're going to adapt. It's just right. going to be right. a little kind of jumping off point and then just make it up. Mm. Which so could I, be really good. I feel like maybe at some point she's had to have like George R. R. Martin's blessing on some. Like I feel oh, like definitely. there's some like, stuff you have to run past that. him. Like here's my fan fiction, but I want you to make it canon. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of funny. It's like you have that creative freedom to like take this world and do whatever you can with yeah. it. Um, and I'm interested to see where it goes. Like. I've always thought it was very smart of him to choose that because if they chose like a period that was that he'd written about more, mm-hmm. or that like you know if they're like the like, like the characters like grandparents could be in it as <laughs> yeah. young people, like th- there's more opportunities to contradict themselves. Like if you do it yeah. thousands of years ago when there's n- like no one knows what happened. Yeah, like, you have you have a lot more freedom, <laughs> and I'm kind of getting like a J.K. Rowling kind of vibe, like you do something with like um the cursed child mm-hmm. well that that's not a prequel you know it's post the story oh, yeah, but it's right around the same time but, with the same character right so when you run so close especially with her yeah you run the risk of stepping on your own tail and if you do they will let you know <laughs> they will let as you they know. did the fans very virulently <laughs> so yeah i think i just i don't know to me that sounds really awesome just to have that opportunity like that blank canvas totally. to really just like go wild <laughs> he also told, talked about a show that he pitched to hbo about Game Thrones that they rejected. So, okay, let me see if you think this is a good idea. Okay. Okay, it was going to be called Spear Carriers. Already, I kind of hate the title. Yeah. But, um, I just don't like it. Um, it would have been about, um, it would have been Game of Thrones, just the show Game of Thrones, but mm-hmm. told from the perspective of, like, ordinary soldiers and oh. bakers and, like, small folk people who are just kind of on the margins of things. Yeah. So he gave an example of like, you know, Tyrion gives a big speech about going to war, but it would just be him in the background would be like with a soldier dude who's like you know what? afraid for it. This might just be me personally speaking, mm-hmm. but I do like taking, I don't know, like a micro look at these kind of worlds. Um, and I think honestly, those could be just like a series of sort of like one shots or one offs. Like that, one that, per that, that's episode. what I think. Yeah. Like, I think it's a cute idea. Yeah. Not for like a whole. No, yeah, you can make a whole. I think it would just be or like a web series, even like it's kind of giving me that vibe, kind of like because you know I'm obviously huge with Avengers. Like after or in between like Endgame and Infinity War, like what do those people do? You know, while their friends are gone, or what do they do after their friends are gone? Like I think at the very least that's something to explore. Like in a novel, like you get somebody else to write it, and it's like, hey, right, this is what. I was randomly doing during Tyrion's speech. Star Wars also does a lot of that stuff too, yeah. where you get these like peripheral characters. So that's true. Well, like there's this series called um, Below Decks about Star Trek coming up. It's yeah. just about like people working on like below the Enterprise. Yeah, I think there's definitely okay. So here's the thing: I think there's a need for it, but I think <laughs> waiting for his other books is kind of like that's got the precedent. So oh, people are like, totally. yeah, I would love to know about X random character. But also, when's the next book coming out? I would totally watch a web series about that. Yeah, It'd be really yeah. cute. Um, I, I can see why he'd, he'd like pitch it and be like, you know, and every episode would be a different person, different time on the thing. And he was like, what else you got? Right, big note from us, sorry. Like, I wouldn't blame them. But yeah. uh, what do you guys think of it? If you have any opinions about it, uh, let us know. Would you yeah. like to see Spear Carriers? They have to change the title. It's a terrible Spear title. Carrier. Yeah, that, I think that would have to change, but... And finally, okay, and this was the big one. He, so it, it, it's been a kind of open secret for a while that 
HBO is making this Game of Thrones prequel, mm -hmm. but th they narrowed it down from like five or so options of different stories they could tell. Okay. And like they shelved one and they decided to go with this, you know, 5,000 years ago one. And they've been quiet since then. He keeps bringing up like, oh, they still have other things in development. And he's the only one who does it. So I, I get the like HBO would rather like, please stop talking about yeah. that. Just focus on the ones being made. He always brings it up. And today, I think he more or less gave away what they're about, which Ooh. has been something that has been we've been wondering about for a while. So he said there are two other prequels at like the script stage. I have no idea if they'll okay. make them or just you know they just kind of commission like yeah. give us an idea and we'll choose the best one. Uh, of course, we're developing a number of Game of Thrones prequels that are drawn in large part from Fire and Blood, the book of Targaryen history that I had out in November. So, okay, Fire and Blood is a book he wrote, uh, fake history, he calls it. It's okay. just like a history book that history didn't happen about the Targaryen dynasty coming to Westeros. So that book is out. We've read it. It's a good book. Mm -hmm. But so, so that basically means that the other prequels have to be about either Aegon's invasion of Westeros... Danny's like great 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 grandfather. Okay. Or the Dance of the Dragons, which is the the Targaryen Civil War that happened like 150 years before the show started. Like he gave it away. Like oh the, wow. Those are pretty much the only options. Um, which I just love him. So he's just out here spilling secrets, huh? I mean, I don't think he means to. Yeah. He's just he's he likes this stuff and yeah. he likes talking about it. I think yeah, it. It, it's one thing where it's like. In his own way, these are his creations, and of course, he wants to be enthusiastic oh, yeah. about it. But I guess on HBO's terms, it lies PR nightmare. Please stop. Talking. I just I, I picture them like in offices, just reading this and going, "Oh, like slapping." Yeah, their they're faces. just. He's got another one. <laughs> Would you be interested in seeing a show about either? Like, how familiar yeah. with you are with, with like the mythology? Oh of Game gosh, of Thrones, the back times. Very, very small amount of. We'll. Knowledge. We'll get you trained up. Okay, I will. I will brush up. I will know. I mean, because I will tell you, it's it's like there. Like this yeah. is one of those series where, like, if you go looking, the mythology is there. Okay. Like they, I he's like written some, I all of myself it down. Some lore. <laughs> he loves lore, George R. R. Martin. <laughs> like it, it's almost like it, it, it's like it's well it's as well developed like as some of like the main stuff. So really? he's written all about Aegon Targaryen, which is Danny's like again like ancestor conquered Westeros in the first place and that's yeah. a whole story and there's lots of characters and things that happen and then a very exciting uh, Dance of the Dragons which is a mm. Targaryen civil war that happened like some time back Ooh. dragon fighting dragon above legs pretty Ooh. good I think they would both make great series yeah I hmm people do like I mean I feel like there'd be war either way dragons versus dragons there's gonna be though. war I mean if you're gonna make Game of Thrones show it's gonna be some <laughs> kind of war let's see comments about any of this oh, it's a long one yeah, we've got a very long Louise says Spear Carriers, Game of Thrones from a muddy, hungry, downtrodden perspective. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, hungry, muddy people in Westeros, and there's only so much angry, downtrodden stories that's not going to be the same story with another muddy face. Maybe going into <laughs> backstories of some of the minor GOT char uh, characters and how they cross the might be a good show. idea. Well, my problem with it is that, like, if you only tie yourself to, like, characters who are around the important events like i'd be fine with the show that like okay really really fast okay my, my longtime fantasy would be a half hour sitcom starring hot pie like oh, aria's little friend who yeah. baits just at the end of the crossroads where he works just kind of doing his job i think that would be fun <laughs> i think that yeah like 
And this to me seems kind of it's like you're going from one genre to another. Yes. So it's like they might they be expand. uncomfortable about that. And I really don't know if that's ever been done with spinoffs where it, it like switches genres and tones. I really can't think of one. I think it should happen more often. But I think Hot Pie is such a beloved character that totally. no one would be opposed to that. And if you are, well, hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's good too. He also talked about... Um, how the show kind of slowed down his writing over the time because he so much yeah. so, so pressured about Aww. finishing it. I mean, at this point, I don't know what else we can say about this. Like, he'll, yeah. he'll finish it or he won't. Yeah. He we'll has to, I mean, the only person at the end of the day that can hold himself accountable is himself, unless somebody puts the hammer down or whatever. You can't send him to jail for not writing. <laughs> so, right. so we're gonna, um, by the way, people, if you're here, we are going to have Josh Hill on later for Song of Dan yeah. and Josh. It's been a while, but he is coming back. <laughs> Before we get to that, let's uh, venture beyond Game of Thrones because there's some big stuff happening, like yesterday. So let's My talk head about was spinning yesterday. I thought like that Matrix Four thing would be the big story. Yeah, of the day. and then like nope. <laughs> Here comes Spidey swinging into action. Okay, so we're gonna talk about briefly the brouhaha that happened yesterday surrounding yeah. the uh, Marvel Sony breakup yeah. and how it will affect the noted Avengers franchise. Yes, basically what happened is. Um, it's it's kind of complicated that Sony owns the rights to a character named Spider-Man. Mm-hmm, if you ever heard of him. And they made some movies about him, Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield. But uh, the most recent version of Spider-Man, Tom Holland over there, has been in the Avengers movies made by Marvel. But there was a complicated deal where Sony let Marvel use the Tom Holland Spider-Man in their Avengers movies. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really realize this. Yeah. In return... Marvel let Kevin Feige, who is the kind of Marvel head honcho guy, mm-hmm. work on the solo Spider-Man movies for Sony, which I thought were produced by Marvel. That didn't really look too no, into it. No, no, yeah. They were Sony movies. So, and his job was like to keep it consistent with the Avengers movies. Right. So it was this kind of precarious dance. I thought they just like bought Spider-Man. They did not. Okay. <laughs> and the short of it is that deal is over. Yeah. Um, Spider-Man can no longer appear in Avengers movies or Captain America movies. Well, he's gone, but... Or any... He can only appear in solo movies, and I imagine those solo movies cannot connect in any way to the Marvel Cinematic no, Universe. No, absolutely not. And it's a burned bridge. And, and some people are still like... They are. They're like, is this like still ongoing or is it not? But I, I mean, from what I've been gathering, it's pretty much like they're like, no, we don't want this anymore. Um, Sony's and- statement was oh, pretty yeah. passive aggressive, I thought. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, we're disappointed that they decided Kevin Feige can't help. He's probably really busy with all yeah. the stuff. Like, that's not the reason. Yeah, it's like, really, Kevin Feige, I think he's got it under control. He'll, he'll make time for Spider-Man. Uh, but yeah, the thing is that, so, okay, way, way back when, a little bit more backstory, is that Marvel Comics was suffering. They were not making oh, money. this is way back. Yeah. I think, like, let's say up to the 90s. Yeah. Way back when. Um, they were suffering financially, so they were like, you know what, we're going to shop all our characters off mm-hmm. and let other studios have the rights to them. Uh, so they were left with a few characters in their own deposit, like Iron Man, Captain America, and like randos. They're like, nobody wants to see a movie about Iron Man. Come to find out, they made some great movies, and they really turned around their image. Uh, And so Sony was one of those people who they gave away their characters to. Sony made, like you said, some of their eh, so-so movies, but when they finally struck the deal to have like Spider-Man be in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Mm -hmm. turn things around. And now they're burning that bridge, and I'm angry. (laughs) (laughs) 
who do you blame? Do you blame Disney or Sony or both or capitalism itself you know, or what? I would, yeah, I would love to throw capitalism in there. It's it's really hard right now to point fingers. At first, I was pointing fingers at Sony. Now Sony's pointing fingers at Disney. <laughs> so it's. I mean, they're not gonna. It wouldn't be fun if you recorded like it's our fault. Yeah. Like, here's our statement. Yeah, no we one here is admitting fault because they know they monumentally messed up. Uh, and not to like spoil too much. Uh, Far from home, if people haven't seen it yet. But even if you see the trailers, it's like. Spider-Man's story was very much so tied into yeah, everything that he did embedded. in the Avengers, everything that he did with like Tony Stark. So it's yeah, like, like it's, it's it, 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 emotionally he's in there, yeah. narratively he's in yeah. there. So do you think that Sony will try to just make a Tom Holland Spider-Man movie and just oh. act like the rest of it doesn't <laughs> exist or they just recast him? You know, I'm really, I'm really, really hoping it doesn't get to that. I really want them to turn it around because people are like putting... Or option three, they, they work through this. Yeah. People are putting the mirror up to Sony's face and they're like, hey, you remember Spider-Man 3? That happened. Tobey Maguire with like his pointy fingers. <laughs> Spider-Man 2 was really good. The Tobey Maguire yeah. one? Yeah. It's like, for me, those movies are more like based in nostalgia. And those were kind of like the first of like the new wave of superhero movies it's so true. i appreciate it but once they got to andrew garfield to me they dropped the ball andrew right. garfield was a sweetheart but like the movies were really really bad um and on twitter people are joking it's like all right time to bring back uncle ben we're rebooting this <laughs> bring him out from the grave it'll be interesting to see what happens i mean i, I okay how about this this okay. angle the angle that it's good this happened mm -hmm. because Disney should not control this much of pop culture. I've seen that being talked yeah. about a little bit. You know what? That, I mean, like, yeah, of course we want Spider-Man and the Avengers, but damn it, Disney. Like, you can't have everything. <laughs> you know what? My devil's advocate would be that Marvel Studios is owned by Marvel. Sony is Sony. Yes. And so by, you know, the laws of comic books, Spider-Man still is a Marvel Comics character. Um, and if they didn't give him away, that would be their possession anyway. So, I mean, I would I, I would love to blame the money machine and Disney, but it's like, hey, it, it Spider-Man in a way is their character. They just gave him away. Now they want the papers back. <laughs> but mm, who knows if that's going to happen. Spider-Man Far From Home, though, is Sony's best-selling movie of all time. It's very true. $1 billion yes. at the box office. I think it surpassed Skyfall. So 007 yeah. is out. Spider-Man is in. And they want him. <laughs> but it's so weird. I mean, we'll get move on for that. It's yeah. so weird because like, part of the reason that did so well is because they tied into the MCU. Yeah. And like they yeah. have that expertise going on. Yeah. So it's just, it's a cl complete cluster. It's, yeah. yeah. It's going to uh, be a dumpster fire. So. But yeah, we'll <laughs> see. Um, you know what? I'm just going to say it. I hope they stay apart. I hope Disney breaks apart further. And I do not like hegemony. I do not like monopolies. Yeah. And I am in favor yeah. of um, this all breaking down. You know what? It, okay. If Disney broke up, Marvel gets to keep what's theirs, though. And I think that's what's part of it. Just sure. let Spider-Man be with his family. And Sony has other <laughs> stuff, too. They have Men in Black and all these other properties. So, yeah. <laughs> Venom was really a big success. Okay. Um, speaking of Disney being a monopoly, um, the other big news is... Yeah. 
the D23 Summit, is that what they call it? Expo. Expo. Yeah. Which is a giant star. Is D23 Disney or Star Wars? It is. It's all Disney, baby. Okay. So Disney and their properties, including Marvel, Star Wars, and now Fox, which includes National Geographic and some Simpsons stuff. So Everything. it is a lot. Speaking of the, the right stuff, I mean, they just, I mean, Marvel gave away the X-Men to Fox and Disney just solved that problem by buying them. <laughs> Yeah, so that was also part of that, like, hey, Marvel, I'm Marvel, I'm broke. I'm going to give away my mm-hmm. character. So they gave away X-Men to Fox, and hey, what a miracle, Fox went under, so now they scooped him back. back up again. <laughs> but anyway, um, D23, around the corner, uh-huh. this weekend. Yes. Do you expect any giant announcements out of the House of Mouse? You know what? Name the kids call it. <laughs> it's... I think the D Disney Plus is going to oh, be a pretty course, big yeah. panel. Um, they are going to have a trailer, I believe, for The Mandalorian from mm-hmm. John Favreau. So that should be pretty interesting because it's Star Wars's first live action like spinoff or yeah. whatever. Starring, TV show, uh, yeah. starring Oberyn Martell from Ooh, Game of Thrones in yeah, the main role. So holler. Although he might keep his helmet on the entire time. I don't know. Yeah. It's like, is that really him under there? <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, it okay, so here's something else interesting is that people have been wondering, will there be like a Star Wars Nine announcement? There's no like big Star Wars like what announcement? Well, more like It's still coming, so you guys. How the yeah, it's something's coming, but I think what they've done so far is like released around this time a behind the scenes look at the movie. So it won't uh-huh. necessarily be a trailer. We might not get that till October. But, I mean, hey, we really only had that one teaser, so people are, like, calling for whatever they can get. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure, yeah, if they know it's, I'm sure they'll be happy to. Yeah. The other big Star Wars news was, and I think this might have leaked ahead of time, is that they are making a Disney Plus, Disney Plus being the Disney streaming service, going to compete with Netflix and Amazon, mm-hmm. not Hulu, because they, because they own Hulu, because of course they do. Um that we're, that, we're, that 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 we're all gonna buy because it's reasonably priced, yeah. and they're gonna have everything. Yeah. So we have no choice, really. Ugh, it makes me uncomfortable. Um, they are going. Ewan McGregor, who mm-hmm. played Obi-Wan Kenobi in the Star Wars prequel series, like twenty years ago now, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Is coming back for a Obi-Wan Kenobi series. Yeah. How do you feel about that? I am actually very excited. There's something so like. Tinder and like yeah, he, about he, he was good about the, the prequels and there's a whole Reddit like prequel memes where you know like Obi Wan's like hello there or another happy Great. landing so, like <laughs> I actually never heard of the hello there meme before and like <laughs> one of my writers like put hello there in his like yeah. opening I'm like what does this mean <laughs> it's like oh I'm not I, I just get the joke it is, it is a meme but okay. I think that. If there wasn't that like novelty to his to like just the overall sense of the prequels, we would probably be like, it's whatever. How do you feel about the prequels? Because again, I'm always curious about this. Because again, like you're like younger than me. You're younger than Cheryl was. Um, I mean, I was young. I was young when I saw the prequels. When they came out, yeah. I didn't really. I I, I wasn't really invested, but I you know I I know of the famous backlash. Mm -hmm. Um. What's your take on them? Did you did you see him as a kid? Did you enjoy him? I or? did. Well, I think in one of them, my dad recalls I was running around. I was a baby in the theater, or like yeah. a, a young kid. But I mean, when I wa- I watched them kind of recently, uh, and it it's slow. It's a slow start because it's just like filled with politics, 
And it's like, where's the action? Just where's what the every kid's movie should have, yeah. right? <laughs> just a lot of like talking and rambling. And you're like, oh my God, is this what they really put he out? He was good in them though. But he, yeah, oh yeah, undoubtedly. He was a really Even great actor. Even back then I recall, like he's like one of the few who like got out of those alive. Yeah. Like, like <laughs> yeah, with his dignity intact and just, you know, he went on to good stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I have a like an odd fondness for them, maybe just because I watched them during my childhood. So I didn't sure. know any difference. Um, but I, yeah, either way, I think a lot of people are excited about him. So, okay. So for Disney plus, we got the Mandalorian. Yeah. We got a show about Cassian Andor from Rogue One, who Cheryl was really excited about. I, yeah. I found it, I found it hard to like, you can remember like, which one was that? Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm so, I'm like, it's, it's whatever <laughs> to me. Yeah. <laughs> now we got an open Kenobi show. Uh-huh. Uh, they are bringing the Star Wars heat unsurprisingly. Oh, yeah. And finally, in Star Wars news, which tied back to Game of Thrones news before we bring in Josh, um, Dave Benioff and Dan Weiss, Game of Thrones showrunners, have, you know, they've, they've been in the news a lot lately because they signed mm-hmm. a giant Netflix deal to a million dollars. They're also making a Star Wars trilogy, but are they? So the, the new news was that they might not be as involved in the Star Wars stuff as we thought. Oh. That their deal was to write a the Hollywood Reporter, very reliable mm-hmm. uh, source, uh, to write a treatment for the three movies, write the first one, and no word about directing. Oh. So maybe like people were like, how do they have a Netflix deal and make Star Wars movies? Like maybe it's not, they're not really that involved in the Star Wars stuff. Hmm. I mean, that to me is interesting. I guess it well, all- they ratcheted it down. It, yeah, it all boils too. down to like, what does each person do in their role? Uh, it might- it might, to me, kind of sounds like how they had J.J. Abrams set things off for episode seven. Right. And I wonder if their intention originally was to have, like, a different director for each movie. I mean, it was, right? Because they had uh, Colin Trevorrow in there for was a minute it? Right. before so, they so I f- him. I feel like they're going back to that where it's like, you start things off because we trust you to be, like, a good person. We trust what you do, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then somebody else can take it from there. Like, as long as you lay the tracks, then we can follow through. Right. I mean, good for them. Again, I'm sure they'll be fine. Yeah. All right. Anything else you want to comment upon, Mia? Absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) Josh is waiting. All right. And we will bring in Mr. Josh Hill. And while you wait, though, uh, this lovely image of coming down the bend is Game of Thrones Whiskey from Johnny Walker. A song of ice and a song of fire. Crisp and fresh, rich and spicy. Coming to a liquor store near year in the near future. Game of Thrones merch. Everyone loves it. And now we'll fade out and appearing next to me will be... Oh, look who it freaking is. It's hey. Josh Hill. Welcome back, Dan. You haven't been here the past couple of weeks. You're so funny. <laughs> You're such a funny guy. That's why they keep bringing me back. <laughs> Okay, we won't go over it. You, you, you had missed the past weeks. I've missed you, Josh. I've I know. Discussions. I've missed everybody here. Hello, everybody. I'm back. <laughs> yes. Man, I, I leave for a couple of weeks. Everything's different. We've got a whole new background, temporary background. I but... love the rains. All right. Well, thanks for coming. And uh, if you've forgotten, I'm sorry. I'm like you a bit when I'm salty. Um, <laughs> we are reading A Clash of Kings, the second book in George R. R. Martin's magnum opus. Oh, that's what we're reading. Yes. Uh-oh. And uh, do you remember who Tyrion is? Tyrion Lannister. Tyrion? Tyrion? Short man. Son of Tywin. So, yeah, you got it. That's right. Okay. So, we're talking about... So yes, for, 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 for those of you who might just be joining us, we read through every chapter of George R. R. Martin's book. We discuss it, break it down for you. What makes it work? What makes it great? What makes it fun? What makes it not fun? And we are on Tyrion 5 from A Clash of Kings. And let's just... 
pretend the last two weeks we didn't skip over and just jump back into it. I'm sorry. I am kidding. I don't mean to like make you feel oh, no. about missing it's, things. You had things I missed. Do. I missed everybody. Hello, everybody. Yes. And Julie you, says, hi, Josh. Hi, Julie. You were missed. All right. So this chapter, we're like a third of the way through the book. We are. Um, give me give me your quick impressions of Tyrion 5. Tyrion 5. Uh, the subtitle, types. Wildfire. Here comes the wildfire. That was... Uh, our, that's our introduction to Wildfire, right? This is the first show, real yeah. kind of diving into it. Yeah, I think it. I don't think we've heard of it before. Um, also, I like that the nutty professor is apparently behind <laughs> making the uh, <laughs> making fun. the wildfire. This twitchy guy. Uh, yes, which is a good name for him, Helene. Well, yeah, he was fun. Like, yeah, this I, again. I always love the little. I wouldn't put it past Martin to have mentioned Wildfire before, because you yeah. know how he likes to layer things in. But f- yeah, it's the first time. This was our. It starts off with him going down to the place where they keep all the wildfire. Yep. With Arch, no, with I'm sorry, Wisdom Helene. Mm-hmm. They call each other Wisdom, which Tyrion points out like, ugh, it's, it's awful. Like it's, you know, it, it's kind of like, um, like I don't know, like. A PhD in kinesiology, like insisting, like, oh, yeah. I'm a doctor. Like, I know, but like, are mm-hmm. you really? You don't, have to, you don't have to talk about it. These guys like call each other wisdom. It's very annoying to Tyrion. And yeah, he's going down there to see if they can get some wildfire a Bruin for the coming battle. It's a fun. It's a fun scene. It's mostly funny. I do like that. Again, he layers things in. So of course you remember Jamie's bathtub scene. Right? It makes a confession about yes. you know he the reason he killed King Aerys is because he was going to burn the place down with wildfire. Mm-hmm. And they mention here, like, Helene's like, oh, we found uh, a bunch of wildfire under the Sept of Baylor just, like, last year. We had to take it. We had to get rid of it. And it's a throwaway detail. It's like, oh, no one no one says, like, why is it down there? But then we mm-hmm. learn, oh, like, it was down there so we could blow up the whole place. Yeah. Which is uh, a fun little detail. And Tyrion's even like, I'm sure, yeah, it's very nice. Let's move <laughs> on. Like, he doesn't give it a second thought either. But that's, that's like, a huge, it's, a, it's really great how he just kind of layers that stuff in. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a huge revelation that we don't have the context to understand yet, which is just uh, a fun way to tell stories. It is. Nice uh, exposition. Exactly. Let's see. I mean, mostly, it, it's a fun little bit where he goes down. He talks about the alchemist skill, how they used to be. I think Martin likes this kind of thing, where they used to be, like, uh, powerful, these alchemists. They would... Yeah claim to, you know, like in medieval times, turn straw into gold, that kind of thing. And now they're like kind of weird and fringy and <laughs> um, just twitchy and don't have any people left. And But they still have this like big old building. He just talks about the mythology of it. And fun fact, do you know that wildfire is real? It is. Do tell me, Dan. It's based on Greek fire. Oh, yeah. Greek fire. Do, do you disagree with me? Do you know what this is? No, I do know what Greek fire is. Oh, oxybin. Yeah. Um, use it on, uh, it burns on water, right? Apparently, yeah. It, like, burns on water. I don't understand it. I know what it is. I don't, I don't I wonder know. I wonder if that's chemistry is. I don't know. But it was like a cool substance they used in the Holy Roman Empire to burn ships. Pretty sweet. Well, yeah, that's one way of putting it. <laughs> it I wouldn't mean, be pretty far sweet. Removed. It wouldn't be pretty sweet if you were on a ship that was getting Greek fire. That person <laughs> is long dead. I don't have to worry about Because of the Greek feelings. fire. It yes. was, we're dancing on graves here at this point. Like an example of how Martin takes like a real historical thing, which is already pretty weird and cool. Yeah. And, like, let's just turn it up to a, like 25 here mm-hmm. and make it um, a substance that just explodes if exposed to a little bit of heat. So most of it, though, the chapters after he leaves that is more politicking stuff. Yep. He goes through the streets mm-hmm. and um, he gets a message from Bronn. Like your captain of the guard wants to see you and Cersei summons you to the castle. And he's like, yeah. 
Okay, well, I'm going to go to the captain of the guard first because <laughs> that can't be too important. Um, which again, which has, which is, which has consequences. Because later when he sees her, she's furious. Yeah. He's like, why did you come for me immediately? <laughs> and he factors that in. He's like, you know, if I keep her waiting, she'll get angry. And the angrier she gets, the dumber she gets. So I think it's actually a good idea to go to him first. I just like the, the little, the little decisions yeah. that we get. The small politicking. Yeah, which is fun. I mean, it yeah. matters what order you do it in. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he goes and gives these uh, empty pots, and Josh is back, and so is that Lannister banner. Yes, everything is happening. The Lannister banner. I didn't know it was That's gone. That's your favorite. Yes, I am I am a proud member of House <laughs> Lannister. What are you, Josh? Is this like, what Kardashian are you? What Harry Potter house are you? What Game of Thrones house are you? Uh, I don't know. I'd have to take the quiz. <laughs> I guarantee there is one. Oh, there's plenty. Oh, yeah, there's many, many, many. Anyway, um, he goes to his captain of the guard. He gives him, like, empty pots to, like, yeah. you know, use and chuck. The idea being eventually they'll chuck wildfire at people. Mm -hmm. Which, again, is like a small detox. Remember, he says, like, um, you know, fill this with green paint. Put people on these. If they splatter it, don't have them do this. Mm -hmm. Like, they're not going to do it well. And, uh, again, small little strategic details that are nice. And he gets terms from uh, his cousin, Cleos Frey, from Rob Stark. Mm -hmm. And I like that uh, he says to the captain of the guard, like, don't let any of this kind of delegation into the city. Because mm -hmm. he's going to send them back to Rob Stark with, yeah. with their terms. And he's like, if they see how bad it is in here, like, Rob can't find that out. Yeah, like, he's got to think real strong. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Like, they stay here in this little guardhouse. They're not under the city. Because in the city, things are kind of rough. One of the better parts here is he goes through the kind of the streets and he sees, uh, isn't Cersei always furious as Louise? Yes, but there are degrees. Yeah, pretty much. Like, are you just getting like a low boil or are you getting full on like froth? It's like the uh, the colors on the terror chart. That's the Cersei <laughs> yeah. chart. Where Where is she on like, being furious? It's always some kind of alert, but like how bad is it? Yeah. That, that's where we are with Cersei. But all the colors are like different shades of red. Exactly. So, yes. <laughs> Is she seen red or seen fuchsia? That's the only difference. But yes, she, she is always angry. Just but how angry? I mean, anyway, so he goes, he, he hears this like prophet preaching mm -hmm. about uh, brother couples with sister in the bed of kings and the fruit of their incest capers in the palace to the piping of a twisted little demon monkey. So it's like, uh, you know, it's people yelling in the streets about them. He's yeah. a demon monkey. Mm -hmm. How insulting is that? I mean, very insulting. <laughs> It was kind of hilarious, though, to hear them all telling these stories in the streets. Because it's, yeah. like, it's like this huge secret, the incest and all this kind of stuff. And Oh, yeah, they all know. But everybody knows. And it's also, because wasn't there a uh, scene in one of the seasons later on where they're, do, they're doing the play? Yes. It's kind of, it reminded me of that, where it's like, this is, that, yeah. it's part of, like, basically Westerosian pop culture. It's just, this, you know, yeah. like... The Kardashians, they like you said it, like it's the Lannisters. They're kind of like this reality TV family that everybody knows about, and you know their secrets, and you talk about it. You don't know if it's necessarily true. I don't yeah. know every, if every secret, but the Kardashians is true. But you're talking about it the same way that you would with the Lannisters. I just thought that that was a cool little like world building thing because we've talked totally. about how much George R. R. Martin likes to do that. Throw in this world building that doesn't feel like forced world building. That was yeah, I can see that a weird like pop culture thing going on where there's I mean, like actual there's culture in westeros it's also realistic i mean look you, you don't have to walk that far to find a crazy person in the street well, ranting yeah. about something it's true like that happens today that's how they found me to do this <laughs> <laughs> yeah he was um in like one sock and a garbage bag and we mm -hmm. just like said you know what he should be editorial director oh congratulations the toothless wonder 
Yeah, that's right. The new ones look great. The veneers are. Uh, <laughs> that's right. So yeah, like also, I want to point out that this is a priest talking about it. Yep. Like a uh, a begging brother, mm -hmm. which is kind of the order of the faith of the seven, where they're just like begging. I think it's important because even though what happened for a while, this is like the seed of remember the sparrows from the show. Yep. The people who take over and march us to the street. Like, Shame. That's these people. Mm -hmm. Like, right now, they're small. And this is like one crazy guy in the street. And it, it points out, like, people, like, some folk are into it and some folk are like, eh, go get a job, go home. <laughs> but, like, those folk will grow. And as yeah. the war goes on, they get more and more. And people get more and more upset with how people, they're being ruled. And, like, yeah, this crazy person has the right idea. And even... And it, and, and, and that would happen for books, but even back then, he's kind of layering it in. Mm -hmm. That thing is going to grow and grow and grow. And I wish the, sh I wish the show did that more because I feel like they kind of come out of nowhere on the show. They did kind like, of come suddenly out of suddenly they're nowhere. like yeah. they're like it's a religious thing. Yeah. But um, on the books, they they build up a lot more carefully to the point where people are frothing at the mouth to do something crazy. Are you saying that the show took a storyline and didn't take enough time to flesh it out? Yeah. No, Dan. No. I mean, this is still early on. That's they true. Didn't do it. It did. It did seem like it came out of nowhere though in the show. Yeah. But it and makes sense that you'd be able to let it ferment a little bit in the books. And totally does. Like, like for books later, it'll yeah. happen. So this, and I mean, it, it was the same nice thing with time. the with the wildfire, dropping these little Easter eggs. These You're planting the seeds that will later hatch into these larger stories. Mm -hmm. Wildfire was the same thing. Same thing with this religious radicalism. <laughs> and here, what else are we going to do and talk about? Oh, uh, Louise says, says, hello, Jen. Oh, hello, Jen. There wasn't TV, film, books for a lot of angry, muddy people. True. This is their entertainment. True. What else are they going to talk about? Same as today using absolute looking at. Totally true. Right on. You got to do something. And finally, Huey gets back to the Red Keep. Um, Cersei's waiting in his room. <laughs> angry out of her mind. Of course. She's great. Fuchsia. I, like, she slaps him like three. Like, she slaps the <laughs> wine out of his hand. She slaps his face. He threatens her a little bit. She's like, whatever. I can take you. Um, okay. So, her big objection to Tyrion and why she was so angry wanted to see him is because she learned about his plan to marry her daughter Marcella, Marcella. off to Prince Tristane. Yep. So there are two points there. Point one is remember from the last chapter, Tyrion chapter, he told different people he was doing different things to Marcella. He told Pycelle, yep. or, I mean he applied to Pycelle that he was going to marry her Dorne. Yeah. I think he told Littlefinger he was going to marry her to Robin Aaron. And so he's he's trying to find out who's the traitor. Yeah, he's trying to find his leaky seal. Yeah. So he does. So he knows that, okay, so Cersei's talking about Dorne. That means Pycelle tattled. So I'm going to go get that asshole. Mm -hmm. um, but the bigger question is, does Cersei have a point? Is the question I want to ask you. Because Tyrion is, this is her daughter. Mm -hmm. She is the queen regent. And Tyrion's like, yeah, I'm going to go sell your daughter to this prince she's never met. And not tell you. That, mm -hmm. I mean, that, that is true. Is she justly mad? Does she have some a point? I think she is. Yeah, she's justly mad. It's just cloaked in her other, as we pointed out, general madness. Her, her general ferocity is... That's what kind of colors your opinion of Cersei being mad mm -hmm. about anything. Is, is Of course she's mad about this. And, but it's her fucking daughter. It's her daughter. And so she's actually, it's like broken clock is right twice a day thing. Where it's like she actually <laughs> has a point. Like it's her daughter. And Tyrion's kind of in the wrong here. Like he's using, uh, you know, his, what would this be? His niece, I think. Yeah, as a pawn in his game. That. He, he brings that up. He says, like, someone say this is what Marcella was born for. Yeah, the idea in this society. Okay, okay. Well, so, you know, society, like, this, no, true. Yeah. Like, you're married, like, daughters, no, high-born daughters. It is kind of their point, at least in terms of how the society functions, that it happened to Cersei. She was married off Robert Baratheon because 
to cement an alliance, and she hated it, and mm-hmm. it was awful. Which is no wonder why she doesn't want Marcella to have suffered. Well, the same yeah, thing. that's the that's the dichotomy of Cersei, which is we're conditioned to think that she's not a good person, mm-hmm. but this is also like she's another. Not. She's but not. She has. I this think, is an reasons. empathetic thing because mm-hmm. you're like. Well, I guess she's not wrong. Like, it is her daughter. Like, she yeah. shouldn't. And it was her. I mean, it was bad when it happened to her, too. So, and then we're, that, that's how we're kind of getting a little bit more insight on Cersei as a character, where it's she's not just this soulless, hollow, one-dimensionally evil character. There's layers to her that there's some empathy in there. There's things where you're like, well, she's not wrong about this. It's her daughter. And also, she's trying to make sure that her daughter doesn't necessarily follow the same exact path yeah. That she followed. Like, I'm sure she'd love like her to end up Like, at least that queen guy. Yeah, but, like, this is... Tyrion's in the wrong here. But in him being in the wrong, it comes out that we're empathetic towards Cersei. And we're getting a deeper look inside of her character. And seeing that she has, like Shrek and Onions, what? she's got layers. Oh, okay. I don't know. Oh, yeah, that's right. Eskarin says, she is justly mad. That is normal for the time period as far as Highborn Daughters... Uh, to do, which is true. His, his other point is, and this is the point that kind of gets Cersei a weird reaction from her, is that, look, if Marcella stays here, she'll probably die. Like, oh, Stannis yeah. is coming. Uh, she's going to be killed. Ranley's coming. Stannis mm-hmm. coming. Rob is fighting them. He's being truthful about it, so. He is. It's, it's not still, his reasoning for wanting to send her away, but it works out in his favor that those two things line up. And Jen says, yeah, that's true. It's, it's, that's how it was done. Make sure you have peace in that country. Usually Father said it, but in her case, he wasn't there to do it. Should she have been asked at least, Jen? I do wonder that. Like, should she have some say in what happens to her daughter? I, I, I think Cersei is at more or less at peace with, yes, this is what's going to happen with women in this society. She doesn't like it, but I don't know. Then again, Ben Tyrion couldn't have. Should uh, she have a say in like her general do- in the general life of her daughter or in this specific in situation position of who she gets to marry? Oh, because. No, I mean, like it's just it's just gonna happen be in nice, society. But, yeah. <laughs> that'd be nice, but no, Not we're gonna society. cut it out. <laughs> this society clearly has defined rules, and I think that's what drives a lot of Cersei anyway. That she feels, and she has a line here: like I should have been born a man. I would have I would have had no need for any of you. None of this would have been allowed to happen. She feels that because of her gender, and it's true, she's blocked out of all this, and it has eaten at her mm-hmm. from a very early age. That she yeah. is just not consulted. She's not thought up to have anything to contribute. Now, the funny thing is, in the books at least, she actually kind of doesn't because she's not very smart. Mm-hmm. But in general, she, she, she's not wrong that there's huge injustice being yeah. visited upon her, upon Marcella, upon a lot of people. So that's kind of the the fun thing with Cersei. Um, when Tyrion points out that Marcella will probably die if she doesn't leave, Cersei starts to cry. Yeah. Which is, again, another kind of unexpected reaction. She's got her. a heart, it turns she's out. She's got a heart, and she's a little... Um, I wonder if she's would be diagnosed as bipolar if, um, oh, if she was in today. She is volatile. Yeah. We'll say that. Um, and and it, it's a really nice moment between them, because mm-hmm. Tyrion is kind of like taken aback. He's like, oh, Cersei's crying. I hate Cersei. What do I do? I don't want to emphasize her. Awkwardly, he took a step toward her. When your sister cries, he was supposed to comfort her. But this was Cersei with italics. And he tries to offer a comforting touch. He, like, tries to, like, say, like, there, there. And she slaps him away. And uh, the narration is, it it should not have hurt, yet it did more than any slap. So there is a part of him that still, like, wants to be a family with these people. Like, he's still... Well, naturally. I mean, it's his blood. Like, that's his... It's his brother and his sister. 
Of course he wants to have a connection with them. Yeah. And to just get like any... He and he wants a connection with Tywin, his father. Like there's... The, oh, that's he, like what drives him completely. Yeah, you he want... Was, he wants like, to have this connection with his family. I mean, that's another layer to Tyrion. He's smarter than everybody else in his family, but he's never going to have the one thing that he wants, which is the love and respect of his family outside yeah. of Jamie. But It's painful. I mean, it hurts because you, you want... I think it's a really well-written part that, mm-hmm. um, you know, neither of these characters are fully doing great things. Like Tyrion didn't consult Cersei at all, but shipping her daughter no. away. Cersei is a bit of a monster who slaps everybody. And, um, you know, we know will do horrible things and has some horrible things. Killed Lady. Yeah. Have more than a killing bit, Ned. <laughs> more than a bit. Fine. But they, they both do have inner reserves of decency somewhere in there. And they want a real, like, at least Tyrion wants a connection. Cersei might want one, too. She did start crying in front of him. I'm not sure if she can control that or whatever. But just, it's just not, it's just not in the cards. At least not yet. Although, by the end of it, they do kind of, they're on the same page as far as their strategy for the city goes. Mm-hmm. Like, I think at the end, Tyrion's like, okay, at least she's going to consent to the Marcella marriage. I, yeah. I consent she's going to do that. Okay, so we got through this. And uh, we'll see that play out over the rest of the book. Yeah. And the rest of the series. I'm curious to see what Martin will do with their relationship when they meet up again. Because mm-hmm. we haven't gotten that. In the books, they have not, like, no. gotten back together. Okay. Like, he's left. He's with Daenerys. But he hasn't come back to see her again. Okay. It'll be curious. But yeah. I think a solid, good chapter. I liked this one. Yeah, it was a good chapter. Two chapters are always fun. Any other thoughts, Josh? No. It's a good chapter. Solid. As Jen says, we were talking about Cersei, so no one would have been good enough. Also very true. Like, again, there's no easy answers here. Yeah. I think next is a brand chapter. All right. We'll meet up next week. Will we? Here, I certainly hope so. <laughs> we'll find out, won't we? Here Look, on- George R. R. Martin can't deliver Winds of Winter. I was. It was a protest. That's what I was doing. <laughs> yeah, sure it was. Um, Got to have your back, Josh. We're back here next week, Wednesday at 4 p.m. Um, you can also listen to us some podcast formula on iTunes, Google Play, wherever podcasts are downloaded. And we'll see you again next week live on our Facebook page at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time. Adios, everybody. See you next week in the studio again. Bye. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working... The HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Saving money on everything for your next project at Menards. It doesn't matter what job you're up against. Works cordless power tools and lawn equipment have the power for you to get the job done faster and easier. The PowerShare 20-volt batteries run longer on a single charge, and they can be used with other tools. Check out Menards' entire selection of works cordless power tools and lawn equipment. Plus the weekly flyer today on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards.